What's up, everybody? Welcome to another uh, rebunked bunk stream. Uh, this is the second one, second live stream I've done on the new show, guys. Like, it's pretty exciting. Uh, the last one was pretty fun. That was great. Like, I felt, I don't know, something come over me, and I got this, like, invigorating, just, like, need to just, like, rah, lash out. It was pretty good. Had some good rants. So if you haven't checked out the last one, you know, I've had some great interviews since then. So, yeah, hopefully you guys have gone back and checked out uh, the most recent episodes. Um, Planet Lockdown, Richard Gage, um, all kinds of good stuff. I got some great episodes already recorded in the hopper. I'm going to be trickling out over the next couple days. So stay tuned for all that. And I uh, got some awesome interviews coming up. It's going to be lots of fun. You guys, I'm super grateful that you're on this ride with me. So let's see here. What do we got going on? So this is going to be a fun episode. We're going to try something new, something that I've never done before. And uh, it's just an experiment to see if it'll work. I kind of have the technology here that might allow me to do this, but it might be a complete failure. So we'll see. Now, the problem is, like, as with most uh, problems, usually it comes down to, you know, when an error happens, it's usually the human that makes the error. And uh, so what I need, I need you guys. I need you guys' help with this. So I need you to help me with this, right? So this is going to be, this is one of the values you get out of a live stream is the fact that we have the back and forth interaction. Like I get to, you know, you can post comments, we can go back and forth, um, blah, blah, blah. But this is going to be a bit different because I'm going to need you. I'm going to put put a phone number in the in the thing here, and you guys are going to call in. It's going to be a call in show. Okay, we're going to see how it works. We're going to see what happens. It might be a horrible train wreck. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, if it, if it works, it might be a regular thing. It should be a regular thing if it works. If not, you know whatever. We can't. It doesn't hurt to try. So um, uh, let's see. Right now, this is going out on. Let's see. It's going out on Twitch. I mean, I don't even know what Twitch really is, but I'm trying my hand on that. Rockfin and Twitter. So. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Just kind of making it up as I go here. But what we're going to do is we're going to cover some crazy news of the week and uh, just go over some crazy ass headlines. And then what I will do is I will give out the number and we will uh, talk about some stuff. So talk about whatever you want, you know, whatever's on your mind, whatever you're struggling with. If you got some stuff you want to get off your chest, if you got questions, if you want to just whatever it is, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So, all right, let's do this here. Let's, uh, Let's talk about some news and some crazy shit that's going on here. Um, let's see if I can do this right. Okay, so this is the first first little chunk here. Oh, really? They're really gonna do that to me, huh? They're really gonna do that to me. I literally just did this. A second ago, it said that I could not share my screen because of system preferences, and now it's still telling me I can't do that. Son of a bitch. Ah. Okay. That's crazy, man. Okay, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to improvise on the fly. So I can't share my screen, so we can't do uh, without cutting the stream and starting over. So that's fine. So what we're going to do here, I'm just going to I'm just gonna open it up and see if we can do some, do some calls here. So, all right, you ready? You ready? Here we go. I see a couple of people watching on Rockfin. I see a couple of people watching on Rockfin. Um, so let's see. Let's do this. <clears throat> Where are you at here? Bam. There it is. There it is. No sc no screener. Luck of the draw. We're going to see how it goes. Call-in show. There's the number, folks. 541-357-6424. Call right now, and you can get on the air. Talk about whatever you want. The craziness of the day. The fun stuff of the day. I don't know what we're going to do. I feel bad, man. Like, that sucks. I have all these great articles pulled up here, and I'm almost tempted to pull the whole stream down and start over. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, 
That is so lame, dude. I've had some serious, crazy interference going on lately. Like here, I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys a little inside baseball. Like here's, here's some crazy interference I had. So I, uh, after the interview that I had with uh, Richard Gage, the distinguished Richard Gage, formerly of architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. He's like literally the, the godfather of the 9-11 Truth movement. You know, that's not to take away from anything, any of the work that anybody else, any of the other researchers or anybody else in the 9-11 Truth movement, nothing to, not to take away from any of their work. But you got to admit, Richard, Richard Gage has had a pretty heavy hand in the overall forward progression of the 9-11 truth movement. And uh, hopefully you guys were able to catch that episode or maybe have seen him on some other shows recently. And uh, you know, his whole story about his exodus from architects and engineers from 9-11 truth over some bullshit. But you know, I love the way that his, uh, his, his take on it is it's like, you know, now he's free to do whatever, like before he was, you know, it was like a corporate structure. He's kind of limited to only talk about a certain amount of things, but now he's kind of been unleashed, unleashed. Speaking of, that's the name of his podcast, uh, Richard Gage 911 Unleashed. You guys, it's a great show. Um, he's been interviewing all kinds of just fascinating people in the 9-11 Truth movement. It's a great show. You know, turns out Richard's a great interviewer. And his wife, Gail, who's like kind of a kind of the producer, co-host of the show, they're fantastic. Like their 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 chemistry on the show is just priceless. It's so great. You know, I can't recommend that show enough. Um, especially in this day and age. It's really, really important for us to educate ourselves about these, <clears throat> you know false flags and all this government tyranny of the past, you know, in order to kind of inform ourselves and be, have a more, a better perspective about what it is we're dealing with today. So anyway, so <laughs> part of, part of having him on the show, you know, I've heard him on other shows also talk about the fact that, you know, he's been looking for volunteers, people to volunteer, put in some time, effort, you know, I really want to encourage, Oh, look at that. We got our first caller. We got our first caller. All right. Let's see. Let's see. We're going to do this. We're going to see this. Okay, let's see if it works. So I'll get back to my Richard Gage story. All right. Let's see. All right, caller, you are on the uh, air. From Portland. What's up? Can you hear me? Hello? Accept, press one. To send a voicemail, press two. What is this? Let's see. What is this? Hello? Hello. Hey, what's up, caller? How you doing? I'm all right, thank you, Scott. Yeah, this is Scott, man. Yeah, How I'm are you on. doing? You know you're on the air, right? I uh, kind of figured I'd be, I'd be on the air. I saw that you were uh, opening up the lines. I'm here in Portland, Oregon, the People's Republic of Portland. Oh man, and, well, uh, dude, awesome! I'm so glad that you called, man. That's so cool. Like you're uh, you're the first person that's ever called the show. I just literally like tried to like I have this uh, little soundboard that has the option to connect Bluetooth. I'm like, dude, I could just connect my phone and we can take calls. Let's just try it. So, dude, you're the first one on the show ever. So, what what's your name? Well, that's awesome. Uh, my name is Tom. Yeah, I, I up, Tom? your show uh, actually originally through uh, Ryan Christian, Last American Vagabond. And then uh, later you interviewed uh, Bob Snay and then also Celia Farber. Yeah. And I thought your interview with Celia Farber was was excellent. And um, so I've just kind of been following your show ever since there on, on Rockfin. I saw that you were having a thing tonight. And that you uh, needed to have, uh, you were trying to work out the technical issues with keeping the phones and the live calling. So I thought I'd call in and help you out and see if uh, see if everything worked. Wow, brother, that's so cool, man! Like, and it seems to be working. Like, I'm getting audio levels, and I'm assuming that's going out to the to the to the stream. So this is a new, exciting, innovative thing that we've we've unlocked here, man. So this is great. This is great. Tell us, tell us about uh, if you want, like, what's going on up in Portland, in your neck of the woods, like. Um, well, uh, I actually happen to be, um, I, I moved uh, to Portland from San Francisco in 2020 uh, during the middle of the corona hysteria bullshit. 
And uh, I, uh, I I don't really know anybody in Portland. Um, I happen to be religious, so I actually went to church today, and it was really strange because they had they had just brought back the choir at the Episcopal Cathedral, and the whole choir was wearing masks. Oh man! And it was a totally it was a totally stupid thing. And then uh, after the service, I had to use the restroom, and I went out of the church. I went upstairs, and it turned out the restroom was like right next to the where the choir room is. And the choir, they're all outside of their masks, so they were just putting them on for just the virtue signaling and the showing of it, of it all. And it was all very, very, very strange. Oh, that's so excruciating. I can't even, I can't even imagine. So, so from San Francisco to Portland, that's like out of the frying pan into the fryer type of thing. <laughs> but uh, well, you think about San Francisco that they would be so progressive yeah. and maybe a little bit more aware, and especially you've interviewed C.A. but you understand there's a problem with age. Yeah. Um, and I kind of knew about that at the beginning of it, but let me tell you, they turned into a cult, totally cult town, and, and like even more more so than Portland. Portland was was a cult, but it was a little bit more younger. I think people thought that they were healthy, but in San Francisco, I remember just going out of my my um, my flat, and I walked about one block just one morning, and this, this old lady, I'm the only person on the street, and she goes. You know, you really should be wearing a mask. Oh God, <laughs> it was really bad. That's crazy. So I, I just had a thought, and then I'm surprised it's never occurred to me. So, so San Francisco area is kind of like the the hub, the center of like all these big tech platforms, right? And we know so much of this poison is being funneled through the big tech platforms. You feel like there's like some correlation there, like why that's the nexus of not only just the the agenda on the streets, but it's just the ones that are perpetrating it. Is it because the folks there, I mean, that's where they live. And so it just permeates down and probably they spend a lot of money there. And so they kind of call the shots, but also is it like a spiritual nexus of just this dark agenda? Well, I think the tech executives, they live in, in San Francisco. So when you're having the propaganda going out, especially about the mass, they're going to focus on the Bay area and they're going to focus on Southern California because the tech executives, they need to be propaganda because they legitimately, honestly believe in, in in the narrative. Same thing with Southern California. And I can tell you, in 2018, during those uh, fires, California, oh, kind of lost you there. Kind of lost you there a little bit. I don't know. Oh, sorry. There you go. If you walk down into the... Yeah, so in 2018 in San Francisco, there was the there were these fires, and there were these I would say intelligence contractors because there were these kind of thought leaders that were walking around the subways, walking around the main street there, right in front of the Twitter um, headquarters building, all wearing masks, and it was like a monkey see monkey do, and, and you started to look around. And I'm like, why are all these people wearing masks? This is weird. Mm. And then it was almost like predictive programming for people to wear masks in 2018 for what happened in 2020. Mm. Very, very, very strange, but an insight into human psychology. Wow. Crazy, man. Crazy. Jeez. Well, shoot, man. Anything else on your radar? Do you have hope for Portland or? Um, I, Portland is, is, is a really beautiful city. It is. It's a wonderful city. I think it's a city that has a lot of potential in terms of, um, development if you like a urbanization i hate driving personally so that's one of the reasons i moved to portland because they actually had decent transit um but uh you know you know i think that 
people here are very much in a bubble. It's very uh, Jonestown cultish. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I think I can personally get by, but I don't know, you know, if, if, I, if I was less tolerant, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've, I've got a lot of connections up there in terms of like there's a good freedom cell up there. Have you, have you ever heard of the freedom cell movement at all? I haven't heard of the Freedom Cell. I've kind of looked at kind of like the local Libertarian Party, which they're trying to get maybe a county affiliate on, but they really haven't. And maybe there's a statewide Libertarian. And then, then there was kind of some anti-mask protests I went to. Um, then there was um, the thing that, um, what was his name? Del Big Tree did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, man, yeah I, I couldn't make it to that. I was uh, I had to work. I could not get out of work. I was really bummed about that. But, yeah, yeah. I didn't find out about it until afterwards. So I was, really wish, you know, they blocked, they block it on the um, on the uh, social media t- platforms, so you don't find out about them. And yet, at the same time, if if, if there's this Antifa thing, and I think Antifa is more of a deep state bully than anything else, totally. you know, happens, you find out about it immediately. But if if Del Big Tree hosts something, you don't find out about it. Yeah, totally. Well, shoot, man, if you hit me up, are you on Telegram by any chance? I am on Telegram. Hit me up at at Rebunked Scott. That's my personal username. Like the Telegram channel is at Rebunked Pod. But if you hit me up at Rebunked Scott, I can send you a list of links to like a bunch of like Portland Freedom Cell like channels. There's like a there's like a crypto one. There's like a meetups one, and they 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 get together and uh, yeah, I can send you some uh, some links if you want. So great, I've written that down. Uh, thanks so much. No uh, problem, brother. Hell yeah, man. Well, thanks. Right. First caller. Awesome. Have a good night. Peace. Okay. Good night. Well, look at that, folks. Isn't that cool? Wow. We're officially a call-in show now. Officially a call-in show. So lines are wide open, folks. Lines are wide open, ladies and gentlemen. Call in. Phone number 541-357-6424. All right. Yeah. Whoever wants to call in, dude. Lines are open. So let's see. We were talking before about the Richard Gage situation. I was just talking up Richard Gage and his awesome new project and that now he has been unleashed and now that he has the ability to really talk about whatever he wants. And I love it, too, because he's been talking about how, you know, this is a deep state coup and these motherfuckers that are doing the COVID thing are the same people that pulled off 9-11, man, like the same crew, same cabal, same dark forces, you know, whatever you want to attribute those to, it's the same entities that are in charge of both operations. But anyway, so after our conversation, you know, he's talking about how he's looking for volunteers. He was looking for folks to kind of help him out with uh, some stuff. And I was like, dude, I know I'm, 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 getting good at audio editing, video editing, that sort of stuff. And so I offered my services. So bam, I got a, I got a gig, like a volunteer gig, but gig nonetheless. So Richard Gage just did this uh, 9-11 Pentagon conference. So if you go to his webpage, uh, richardgage911.org, I think, hold on, let me just make sure I got that right. richardgage911.org, pull that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got the new, uh, so he's got this Pentagon conference that, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I really want to encourage you guys to go check it out. Cause it's really cool. So basically I got, if you're at the very top of the page, click on nine 11 con the Pentagon. So it's basically a really cool thing that he did where he got four different groups of experts to come together and present different theories on what happened with the Pentagon, everything from like a missile strike to, you know, multiple strikes, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, it's a really, it was like a 12 hour seminar and I'm helping him take like the raw footage and edit out like the kind of the snafus there was some like you know audio issues like bringing the levels up adding some graphics you know that sort of stuff so i volunteered him helping out with that and it was the craziest thing so yesterday i spent all day working on it right and uh and so those of you that are just joining you guys call in show give me a call 541-357-6424 you'd be on the air be on the show you know what i'm saying be lots of fun uh 
anyway, so, uh, I got, I spent all day yesterday doing the video editing and I got, uh, <clears throat> you know, I got, I got all the clips edited down, got all the audio levels. I just overnight, I exported them out of Adobe Premiere. Those of you that edit videos, you know, that the exporting can take the longest. So I ran, ran it overnight, uh, using the media encoder software. Woke up this morning, all the videos were sitting there in the folder, just like they're supposed to. There's 11 total videos that it exported overnight. And I was like, all right, cool. So I'm going, I'm going through each one, like opening them up in the media player, making sure that all the audio came through okay, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I got like halfway through checking all the files and like all of a sudden my computer froze up. The whole thing froze up. And I'm like, oh shit, okay. And I use a Mac. So it's like it, when it freezes up, it's got like a little bit different flavor to it than it does with a Windows. Like I'm pretty adept at using a Windows PC and we all know the old control, all delete that whole shebang, right? It's a little bit different with a Mac. Like once it just completely locks up and freezes, really the only thing you do is just restart it, reset it. So I did that and uh, came back up and I went back to that file, that folder where all the, the video files were. And lo and behold, all the video files were gone, gone. They were all gone. It was as if they'd never even existed, which is crazy because this was like probably 20 gigabytes worth of video files that had exported and they were just fine. But all of a sudden, poof, my computer froze and then they all disappeared, which is the craziest thing. I never, ever, ever seen anything like this. And so I'm immediately like, is this some... Is this some interference? What's going on here? Like, is this some actual interference? Oh, this is just a friend texting me. Okay. I was like, oh, we got another call. No, it's just a friend texting me. Okay. Fair enough. You guys, phone lines are open. 541-357-6424. Anyway. <laughs> so that was crazy, man. I just like, I had like a real weird kind of a haunting experience being like, oh, are these bastards like literally like reaching into my computer and interfering with this stuff? Are they really, really, really trying to run interference on me getting this 9-11 stuff out? Hmm, I don't know. So anyway, what what a what a trip, what an honor. What a, you know, I have a lot of gratitude for being able to help Richard with this project. You know, when I got into this movement back in the day, who whoever in a million years would have thought that I'd be able to help, you know, with with some of this stuff that's like on the tip of the spear when it comes to this stuff. And I guess so, you guys, and it all it all is like culminating to this new project that he's got going on. It's called um 9-11 from crime scene to courtroom where they're basically compiling all this evidence that is then going to be used and presented to a grand jury or, you know, you guys remember, remember that, remember the grand jury investigation back in 2019, like before this whole COVID thing kicked off, like there was like, they were having a grand jury potential investigation in New York, New York city. Hmm, imagine that, you know, it's just like they picked the perfect time to pull the COVID operation because uh, Pedro, what's up brother. Hey, call in show, man. Five, four, one. Uh, country code one one five four one three five seven six four two four. Hop on the show, brother. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's see. So, uh, yeah, uh, so yeah. Anyway, just just uh, crime scene to courtroom. You know everything right now. Like he's doing fundraising. He's trying to find sponsors, people that are willing to like help out, uh, contributing to, um, you know this new project. And he's got the director. They've got uh, the whole crew like picked out to produce the film. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be the next the next and you can see it on the website too when you go to his website richardgage911.org. For those of you that just joined, I'd be sharing my screen right now, but that's the whole reason why I'm just kind of ranting is because uh, for some reason my screen share on my browser has been disabled and I'd have to like log out and restart the browser. So I decided not to not to do the stream. I guess I could talk about some of the stuff I was gonna talk about. So one of the main things was that. Uh, we lost uh, somebody this last week, a person who was very, very prolific 
in the truth movement and probably helped lend a hand to a lot of the folks here in their awakening process. And that's uh, the great Jordan Maxwell. Um, Jordan was, uh, you know, if you've ever seen any of his interviews or any of his shows or any of his documentaries, you know, he just had this prolific body of work analyzing kind of the esoteric, um, you know, looking at secret societies, the occult, all that stuff that, um, you know, once you start unraveling the world of conspiracy and you start unraveling and looking at the world the way it really is, like underneath, there's definitely, definitely an undertone of, of occult practices and all this stuff. And again, you know, the whole philosophy being like, it doesn't matter whether you necessarily believe in magic or occult rituals or anything like that. That's irrelevant. The whole fact is, is that these folks believe in it. And to them, it is truth. And to them, it is their religion. And they, they practice it for better or for worse. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's just what it is. And so it is a fa it's fascinating stuff, you know, um, just really, really amazing stuff. And, and, and he's, he's, I learned a lot from him. So I really want to recommend anybody, you know, there's, he's got a massive body of work, you know, there's really, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anybody that's not familiar with Jordan Maxwell, um, just a really like one of the originals in the whole movement, talking about this stuff way before, probably anybody else was and just uh you know has a really unique perspective about you know the the illuminati and all that stuff man i wish i could share my screen let's see maybe we can maybe is it even worth it i don't know what do you guys think come on guys let's call in call in it's call in show folks call in 501-357-6424 no screener so you're just gonna be pretty much live on the air so let's let's see it come on step up to the plate step up to the plate let's see um, let's see what else we got here. Yeah, I'll read a couple of these headlines. All right. So probably this is just the craziest thing ever. So, so now, uh, so this is on Freedoms Phoenix. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with Freedoms Phoenix, that's, uh, Ernest Hancock, Ernie Hancock. He's got this publication just, uh, churning out like massive amounts of newsletters, like every day, there's always something. So, um, headline is Ukraine blocks trans women refugees. They are men must go back and fight. Okay, so <laughs> Ukraine with a, you know, a very, regardless of how you perceive or believe the whole situation to be. Uh, oh, man. Okay, Pedro can't can't call. Pedro, for those of you who don't know, Pedro's a good friend of the show. You know, one of the, probably one of the very first listeners back in the Truthzilla days. Uh, he's down in Australia. So, dang, I was really hoping to get, get him on the line. So, uh Let's see, Pedro. You want to hop on the? You want to hop on the 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 live stream? You want to hop on the the streamyard video? Let me know if you want to hop on the video. I'll send you a link. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you know Ukraine, right? It's it's, it's got a definite infiltration of of neo Nazis, right, right, right. And so you got all these people that were just like so, like they they just can't. There's there all the ones that are still wearing the mask right now. Are the same ones that are like room for Ukraine, right? So we got then, and of course, they're the same ones that the you know now. Did anybody told them about the Nazi thing? Like, do they do they even know about it? Well, now guess what, folks? So now Ukraine is telling the trans women that are trying to flee the country, no, 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 you got to go back and fight because you're actually a man. Sorry to tell you, sorry to break it to you. And so maskies, maskies, when are you gonna when are you gonna kind of like anyway? So let's see. According to Freedoms Phoenix. Their reasoning might sour some trans activists in the West. Ukrainians' martial law requires all biological males between the age of 18 and 60 to remain in the country and fight. And it makes no exception for trans women. 
Even trans women who have been widely accepted by their communities as women still carry passports identifying them as males, which is what border guards see when they try to cross the border. In many states, trans women who have tried to flee have been turned back, according to the Italian newspaper La Corriere della Sera, Italia's largest circulation newspaper. The paper quoted a trans woman who shared her experience at the hands of the guards. They are men. They must turn back and fight. The story has been picked up by a handful of European newspapers, including the UK-based Guardian. Trans women who spoke with the two newspapers described humiliating searches by border guards and other perceived depredations before being denied further passage. As strange hands searched her body. Okay, anyway. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, okay. Like, <laughs> what, what are we doing here, folks? What are we doing here? Like, I can't, I can't figure it out. Somebody call in and help explain this to me. Phone number, 541-357-6424. Come on, we've already had one caller. Had one caller from Portland, which is super legit. Let's see if we can get another one in here before the end of the stream. Come on now. Come on, you can criticize me. We can, we can do whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. Open phone lines, folks. If you want to talk about the Ukrainian trans agenda situation, great. If you want to talk about uh, Jordan Maxwell, like something that you learned from Jordan Maxwell over the years, like that would be fantastic. Let's see what else we got here. Okay, this is a great one. And, uh, you know, we, it's, we can talk about it without actually physically looking at the articles. And, you know, I'm going to put this out on the MP3. So, you know, not, I mean, most of you are just going to be listening to this anyway. So, all right, this is from MSNBC. Headline, pandemic fitness trends have gone extreme, literally. I think they kind of changed this. Okay, white supremacist latest scheme to valorize violence and hyper-masculinity has gone digital. What the fuck? Okay, I think they changed the headline here. Let's do this. Let's go to the Wayback Machine and see what this headline used to be because I feel like it was different than that. It was very blatant, like, fitness is the new white supremacy or some stupid-ass shit like that. <laughs> like, like, being in shape, having, you know, valuing your own physical fitness. Let's go all the way back to the first snapshot on the Wayback Machine and see what this headline was. Um, I guess not. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, physical fitness and violence, violent hypermasculinity have always been central to the far right. So physical fitness and violent hypermasculinity have always been the central, has always, have always been central to the far right. Is that true? Is that true? I feel like maybe perhaps that that's not true. Like, like kind of fitness is kind of a more, I don't know, kind of a more widely accepted thing. So it appears the far right has taken advantage of pandemic at home fitness trends to expand its decade plus radicalization of physical mixed martial arts and combat sports spaces. Earlier this month, researchers reported that a network of online fascist fitness chat groups on the encrypted platform telegram. That's right. Uh, make sure you're following us over at our, uh, at our fat fascist fitness page over at rebunked pod t.me forward slash rebunked pod. Um, I'll be dropping some fascist fitness tips, um, periodically. So make sure that you're in there and, uh, let's see. <laughs> and they're recruiting and radicalizing young men with neo-Nazi and white supremacist extremist ideologies initially lured with health tips and strategies for positive physical changes. New recruits are later invited to closed chat groups where far right content is shared. <laughs> oh, but see, now this is where I would also share my screen and show what our Telegram channel looks like because it's really filled with just like some pretty good memes. You know, I try to I try to uh, aggregate and show you the best memes uh, that I've come across lately. Okay, here's one thing I did. There's one thing that I did. This is kind of funny. So I've, I've been taking like, so I was on, I've been trying to like date here in the Eugene area, dude. And it's like here in Eugene, Oregon, for those of you that are new to the show, 
here in Eugene, Oregon. It's uh Oh man, like I mean, it's honestly part of the reason why I'm trying to get out of here. <laughs> but uh, so I was on, I've been on Tinder for a minute, and I'm trying to like, you know, whatever, and like, <laughs> you know, I don't find a partner, you know. But in this, and but I've been taking screenshots of some of the folks that uh, are on Tinder in this community, and I posted them in our Telegram group, and it's hilarious, hilarious. And uh, so anyway, if you go to the Telegram group, t.me forward slash rebunk pod, you can see some screenshots of uh, the dating pool here in Eugene, Oregon. And somebody made a comment like. Hmm. It seems like you would need to have your settings set a certain way to attract those types of individuals. And, uh, you know, no, 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 no. There's not like a, I want exclusively or even some trans, like that's just what you get here. When you say in Eugene that you want a woman, you'd like to date a woman, a large percentage of them turn out to be men. So I don't know for whatever that is. And then a lot of them, uh, would be the type that would be, uh, oh yeah, Pedosad, okay. A lot of them will be the, you know, the types that'll be fighting on the front lines of Ukraine. That's, I mean, that's really what it is. So Colleen, what are you doing? Call on the show, dude. 541-357-6424. Come on now. <laughs> Coffin squat situation up in Ukraine. Yeah, yep, exactly, exactly. Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, this is great, you guys. Let's see. So anyway, what are we doing here? <clears throat> Pandemic fitness trends. So physical fitness has always been central to the far right. In Mein Kampf, Hitler fixated on boxing and jujitsu, believing they could help him create an army of millions who, whose aggressive spirit <clears throat> and impeccably trained bodies. <laughs> oh, Hitler was obsessed with those impeccably trained bodies with their little, <laughs> little outfits, right? <laughs> Combined with fanatical love of the fatherland would do more for the German nation than any mediocre tactics, weapons, training. So, Man, like what is like their, their demonization of all things good and pure and uh, healthy. It's just insane. Like what is, what is going on? Like, like now physical fitness and like going to the gym or exercising. Like, is this, this is, oh my God, the U S is comparatively far behind, which will only become more and more problematic, especially since the phenomenon is growing in the country, building up the established fight culture, fight club culture of MMA far right extremists. The intersection of extremism and fitness leans into a shared obsession with the male body, training, masculinity, testosterone, strength, and competition. Oh, we can't have you guys. We can't be rolling out this new world order with a with a with a society of like you know uh, people that have testosterone. Like we are losing the uh, the testosterone race, right? The, the the race for testosterone depletion. So back in the '60s, it was. Uh, you know, the space race. It was like, who could get to the moon first, right? Now it's the testosterone depletion race. Like whoever can just like squeeze every last drop of testosterone out of this, out of this, uh, this world and this, this civilization, like it's just a race to get there. Physical fitness training, especially in combat sports appeals to the far right for many reasons. Fighters are trained to accept significant physical pain, to be warriors and to embrace messaging around solidarity, heroism, and brotherhood. Okay, I mean, what I mean that doesn't sound necessarily too bad, right? It's championed as a tool to help fight the coming race war. Really, really. Okay, so all of you out there that are into physical fitness, that are into like you know training, you know that's one of the things I've been saying for for a while. Like I've been I'm training for the apocalypse, man. I'm tra I'm training for the collapse. You know what I mean? Have you ever once in any of your fitness circles ever heard somebody say that you're training for the coming race war? To the point where it's like worthy of like a headline article on MSNBC. Is that really what's going on? And <laughs> look at this. This is so funny. It said it's championed. And so those of you that are just joining, 
for some reason my stupid thing reset so i don't have permission to share my screen for some reason and i have to reset the browser and kill the stream and i didn't want to do that so we're just kind of chit-chatting here anyway it's champions look at this sentence this sentence right here is just so fucking crazy unless i'm missing something unless i'm missing something but all right it says it's championed as a tool to help fight the coming race war and the street battles that will precede it Recruits are encouraged to link individual moral virtues such as willpower, decisiveness, and courage with desired collective traits such as virility and manliness. This also works in reverse. While white supremacists encouraging potential recruits or activists to stay in good physical shape as a way of managing self-preservation to the public. The neo-Nazi blogger Andrew Anglin advised his followers that fat people should be required to commit to losing weight if they are to stay involved with the groups or in-person gatherings, noting that continued obesity should not be tolerated. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. With recruitment now moving from physical gyms to chat rooms, live streamed fights, tournaments, festivals, and even combat sports videos, we're seeing extremist fighting culture being combined with an entertainment culture that already valorizes violence and hyper-masculinity. So there you go, folks. I don't even know, man. So <laughs> just, here, I'll put this, I'll put this in the chat. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you are, you know, diligent researchers, but you can look at that on your own if you want. Um, let's see. Let's see what else we got here. <clears throat> no call-ins, you guys. I've got one call already. So come on, guys. Like I need we need some more calls on the show here. 541-357-6424. And you will be live on Rebunked forever and ever. Come on, you guys. Come on the show. It'll be fun. Let's see. Anyway, so uh what else we got here? So oh, this is great. So this is from a while. This is okay, so. This came across the news desk, but it has been uh, it has been sitting there since 2011. So this is articles February 26, 2011, but it's very prescient and very applicable to what we're seeing today. This is one of those awesome, like you know, when you when you pull pull little uh, pieces of paper out of the hat and just combine all these different psyops together. This is what comes out. So this is a headline from the Huffington Post. Huff Post says, "Could a small nuclear war reverse global warming?" <laughs> Like, so here's an argument for nuclear war. Like, hey, guys, I haven't, hey, has anybody thought about just like dropping some small nukes? Like, just some small ones, just some small nukes. All right. Nuclear is a bad, okay, so here's, here's the article. It says nuclear war is a bad thing, right? <laughs> now, 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 I've been kind of questioning whether or not there is such a thing as nuclear war or nuclear bombs. Like, I've been going down that rabbit hole a little bit, and I'm not 100% convinced because historically, you know, there's a lot of things that maybe contradict that. Um, but actually, so at the same time, you know, they have pretty devastating weapons. I've heard of like antimatter weapons that just evaporates like reality. Like who knows? Like really, what's the mechanism of that? But you know, anyway. So, so here's this article it says: Nuclear war is a bad thing, right? Scientists from NASA and a number of other institutions have recently been modeling the effect of a war involving a hundred. Hiroshima level bombs, 100 Hiroshima level bombs, or 0.03% of the world's current nuclear arsenal, according to National Geographic. The research suggests 5 million metric tons of black carbon would be swept up into the lowest portion of the atmosphere. The result, according to NASA, climate models could actually be global cooling. So, wait a minute. So, now you want carbon in the atmosphere? Like, so 10 years ago, 11 years ago, this article, they're saying that nuclear bombs should be detonated in order to put carbon into the atmosphere. I mean, are they, I mean we're, we're, aren't they digging up trees to like bury carbon now because they don't want carbon in the atmosphere? Like, but 
what are we doing here? What, what? I mean, somebody help me out here. Somebody call on the show and help, help me out here. I'm, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. 541-357-6424. Phone lines are wide open. Okay, so it says, in NASA climate models, this carbon then absorbs solar heat and, like a hot air balloon, quickly lofted even higher, where the soot would take much longer to clear from the sky. I mean, this is a short article. Let's just keep going here. So, um, when the while the global cooling caused by superpower on superpower war could be catastrophic, hence the term nuclear winter, a small-scale war could have an impact on the world climate, says National Geographic. Models suggest that though the world is currently in a warming trend, small-scale war could lower global temperatures about 2.25 degrees for two or three years following the war. Oh, so small nuclear war, we're going to get a good two or three years of the overall temperature being down about two degrees. I feel like that's a great trade-off. I mean, oh, but check it out. In tropical areas, the fall could be up to 7.2 degrees Fahrenheit. So... That seems great to me, man. Like, I feel like millions and millions of people dying horrific, vaporizing deaths. We could actually get, we could get seven degrees lower for two years. <laughs> Sign me up, dude. That seems like a no brainer. Who would not be in favor of that? <laughs> That's like, like I say, I say 50 million people per degree per year. That seems like a reasonable exchange, right? They're not even taking into consideration all of the, the waste of carbon that each one of those 50 million people are going, you know, that's going to save the earth that much. You know, you're not going to have to transport 50 million people. You're not going to have to like, you know, they're not going to be consuming food. You know, they're not going to be farting into the atmosphere. Like it seems like that's a very, very reasonable thing. I think that's a fantastic idea. And I'm surprised I didn't come up with it first. In fact, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be doing everybody a favor. I'm going to start building my own nuclear bombs here at my house. Okay. Are you listening? FBI, NSA, I'm going to start building my own nuclear bombs and I'm going to start detonating them. And then you're going to thank me. You're, you're, you're going to be just rushing to thank me. And I know I can't, <laughs> when the FBI kicks in my door, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for building these small little nuclear bombs to be detonated in the interest of global warming. I promise I'm not going to detonate it anywhere where it's going to hurt anybody. But uh, yeah, for all the FBI agents that are listening, I'm going to start building nuclear bombs in my house for climate change, for climate change. That's it. Okay, cool. Now, if you want to call on the show and be an accomplice, you can call in right now. Lines are open. 541-357-6424. <laughs> okay, there you go. If you want to be an accomplice to my nuclear bomb factory, I have a nuclear bomb factory that I'm going to start. I'm going to start crowdfunding it. Yeah, yeah. You guys, it's all good. Tim Full Cuba, what's up, man? Call in the show, man. 541-357-6424. You can be on the air hanging out. Tell me about your, I mean, what, it seems like a great idea. Like literally this article is literally making a case for how great it would be to have a small scale nuclear war. <laughs> so they're propping up nuclear war is a great thing, a wonderful thing, a beneficial thing. The most loving and benevolent thing that we could possibly do in this world is to have a small scale nuclear war. So I'm just going to take it upon myself. Like I'm not going to recycle anymore. I'm done recycling. I'm not going to recycle anymore. Uh, I feel like I'm just going to, I'm going to go get an even bigger truck and I'm going to try to put as much carbon in the atmosphere because it's all going to be offset with the numbers of nuclear bombs that I am going to be detonating, okay? I 
am going to start detonating nuclear bombs. You hear me, everybody? Like, because it's great. This article, it told me that this, this is a great idea. So have I just been radicalized by the Huffington Post? Is that, is that even a thing? Wow, this is fantastic. The Huffington Post told me, like, is this, okay, I'll, I'll go down. I'll go down and I'll take the Huffington Post with me. In a court of law, I will sit there and I will say that the Huffington Post radicalized me into building small-scale tactical nuclear bombs that I go out in the woods and detonate for climate change. Huffington Post told me, okay, nobody wants to be involved. Nobody wants to be uh, an accomplice in this. Okay, fine, fine, fine. I get it. But if you do want to, you can call in right now, 501-357-6424. All right. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Tinfoil Kuba, big shout out, brother. Love you, man. All right, let's see what else we got here. Do we got anything else? <laughs> we'll see. So you guys saw it here first. So if I if you don't see a show from me in the next uh the next couple of weeks, you'll know why. Anyway. <laughs> and uh you can put money on my books. I know, you know, you guys, <laughs> I should put that on, on my, uh, rebunk.news is the website, rebunk.news. Um, you can find different ways to contribute to the show if you want. There's like PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, and pretty soon there will be a link to donate to my commissary fund in federal prison or Guantanamo Bay. So there you go. All right. So next article. And again, those of you that just joined, my screen sharing has been disabled by StreamYard due to my web browser settings that I would have to restart in order to fix, and I didn't want to kill the stream. So, and of course, this is what everybody's been talking about this week. It's uh, the Daily Mail article about how these elites have just, uh, you know, they just kind of just, uh, they just go, you know what? Like, just go get an electric car. Like, what is wrong with you poor people? Like, you poor people, like, you are the problem. And what I need you to do is you just need to go get an electric car, and we need to allow your, like, if your pets get sick, just let them die. Okay, like enough with the cheeseburgers, enough with the steaks, enough with all that stuff. You just need to eat lentils, beans, and bugs, and your pets just need to die. That's really it. So headline, this is a headline. I love these Daily Mail. They just, they just, uh, they put a whole paragraph as the headlines. Like, all right, eat lentils and let your pets die of cancer. Bloomberg is slammed for out-of-touch op-ed lecturing Americans earning less than $300,000 on how to beat inflation. Okay, so you... So they come up with these policies to beat inflation, right? Right. All of it has to do with us. Like it's never, it's never anybody that's actually printing the money. Like maybe we could have a stern conversation with these bastards that actually print the money. Right? Maybe, maybe it has something to do with that, but no, 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 no. It's me. Okay, fine. It's me. I'm sorry. My bad. Let's look at some of these. Uh, let's look at some of these suggestions they make. Um, Oh, let's see. Where is it? Okay, so uh, the business news outlet tweeted that tweet. Uh, the business news outlet's tweet that promoted the story also pointed out nobody said this would be fun, and nobody said inflation was gonna be fun. But you're creating this situation, okay? And we're dealing with it. In the widely mocked piece, headline: Inflation strings stings most if you earn less than three hundred thousand dollars. Though your palate may not be used to it, tasty meat substitutes include vegetables, where prices are up a little over 4%, and lentils and beans are up about 9%. Plan to cut out middle creature, cut out the middle creature and consume plants directly. It's a more efficient, healthier, and cheaper way to get calories. Now, I'm not going to argue that. I mean, that's what I'm preaching 100%, dude. Grow your own shit. Like, don't even rely on these supply chains. Don't worry about anything. Like, be your own 
source of like economic security as much as you physically possibly can. You know, that's, that's my goal in the next year. That is my goal, you know, to be as, you know, just incrementally remove my dependence on food from supermarkets and all that nonsense. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just like insane. Um, <clears throat> all right. That reminds me, that reminds me. So I posted this in the telegram too. So if you guys aren't in the telegram, t.me forward slash rebunk pod, you're kind of missing out on a lot of this stuff, but there's a quote here that kind of ties into this idea of like removing our reliance on these systems. And I just want to read it to you guys. because It's a great quote. And this is from a movie called building Berteria. Um, if you're not familiar, it's buildingberteria.com. It's just a group of people called the bears. Uh, there's a com comedian named Owen Benjamin does a live stream every day, every day, five days of the week. Um, somewhat controversial just in terms of the fact that, you know, it's like, it's, uh, it's, it's racy edgy comedy, but like, you know, he's trying to break spells. He's trying to be like, okay, like we're not like, it's not from a place of hate, but it's like, these are spells that are put on your mind. When I say these words and I say these things, I say these topics, like, what is that invoking you? That's okay. So that's the mind control right there. So breaking that, you know, and I understand it's not for everybody, but you know, the message overall message is just like, do not rely, do not uh, you know, just pull back from the system as much as possible. We're never going to defeat this system. And so what we have to do is we have to pull back. And so this quote that's so powerful from like the movie, I think it's part two, Building Bear Terrier part two, which is a great little movie. It'll give you like part one's great because it gives you like a glimpse into like his life and like, like kind of where he's from. Like he's, you know, Hollywood, Hollywood comedian. You know what I mean? Like he was in like Adam Sandler movies. And then once he like went up against the system, the system rejected him and now he just homesteads up in Northern Idaho. Right. So fascinating story. <clears throat> but anyway, here's this quote. Okay. It says, he says, we live in a time where people think it's their right to walk into a grocery store and get any fruit, vegetable, meat, or anything they could possibly imagine for a very little amount of money. That's not really what freedom is. Every time you take a privilege or a luxury, you're giving up your freedom. So actually every time you indulge, you're actually taking away your own freedom. And so America is still free. It's just free to be able to make your own breaks, make your own food, build your own structures. But it's not easy because that's really the basis of what where freedom comes from. It's your ability to be responsible for your own labor and your own stuff. I feel for a lot of these people that don't understand what freedom is. It's almost like they just want freedom to indulge. They want permission to indulge, and that's going away faster than they could possibly imagine. And I think there's going to come a time in America where they're going to wish they had FEMA camps because all these people are talking about FEMA camps like they're these bad things. I'm like, that's a place where someone's willing to feed you for free. When you're left with your actual freedom and you haven't built a community, you haven't even gotten a garden, you don't know how to shoot a gun, you don't know your neighbors, or they think you're immoral and they don't trust you, that's the real nightmare. A camp would be a blessing for a lot of people if the supply chains break down. And so, of course... The first step is the most important part. Just start trying to not be dependent. Just start. And I was like, damn, that's so on point, man. Like that's, that's it in a nutcase right there. You know, in the meantime, you know, you know, try, try to make it so that you're not uh, like the goal of like all of our goals in the next like five, 10 years or whatever, all of our goals should be to not be dependent on having to go to a, to a FEMA camp. You know what I mean? Like that's it right there. Policy. Colleen says, uh, have you ever heard the conspiracy that fuel has been burning faster for people? Oh, I haven't heard that, but that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, I've, I just got a new vehicle, so I haven't been able to like gauge one way or the other, but that makes sense. Colleen, you should call into the show and elaborate on that, okay? 541-357-6424. <laughs> so like, like that's, that's our goal, you guys, as a team, as a group. Like Our goal is to make it so that we are um, not 
going to be beholden to some damn FEMA camp, okay? That's my goal. That's my goal. Hope that you all are on that same same path with me here. So let's see here. Uh, so yeah, so uh, and for pet owners, so back to the article, back to the 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 just these bad <laughs> these bastards just have such disdain for us. They just hate us so much. It's so obvious and just so in your face how much disdain and hatred they have for us. You know what I mean? Like they don't consider us people. Like they literally don't consider us people. Like, in fact, we are lower than these pets. Like the, these pets that they refer to, they we're lower than they are. So they probably have higher regard for like puppies and kitties than they do for us. So when they're on writing articles and tweets saying that, let your damn pets die. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you think that says about their overall psychology? You know, they're, they're, uh, if they have that just throw away attitude towards these pets that they hold in high regard than us, how do you think they think that we feel? If someone of your family members gets cancer, just let them die. It's good for the environment. It's good for climate change. And until each one of us can build our own little nuclear bomb factory and start detonating nuclear bombs in your own communities, we need to let we need to let all the grandmas die of cancer. So it is more, it is better for the environment to build a nuclear bomb laboratory in your basement and start detonating nuclear bombs than it is to cure your mother's cancer. Okay. So let mom die and start building nuclear bombs. That's my takeaway from this live stream. Okay. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, that's, that seems to be, uh, that seems to be the most logical thing that I could possibly think of. <laughs> Let's see. <clears throat> Nobody else is going to call in, huh? Am I just, am I missing calls? No, no. Come on now. Let's try and squeeze one more in guys before we leave here. It's 541-357-6424. We've already had one call on the show. Let's try to get one more in before we leave. Come on now. Come on now. Some of you folks that have been with me for a while, like, come on, Colleen, like you're a leader in this community. Like I need you to step up to the plate. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And then of course I know that we, you know, <clears throat> we have to honor everybody's. Okay. There we go. All right. All right. Let's do one more. Did I do? Oh yeah. Okay. So, so we started off like that article talking about the inflation, right? So inflation, the, the the solution to inflation is to kill your pets and build nuclear bombs in your basement. That is, I mean, well, I, uh, that's more like climate change. The nuclear bomb thing is climate change, but it kind of has to do with inflation, right? Then we don't have to print as much money. Maybe we're printing more money. Yes, we're printing more money. I don't even know. It doesn't even make sense, man. It doesn't even make sense. But check this out. So this is great. So this is the solution to this rapid inflation, according to Newsweek is that stimulus checks for 2022 pushed by lawmakers to offset rising gas prices. So inflation's going through the roof and it's getting insane. So what we're going to do is we're just going to, let's see, uh, Gas Rebate Act, a bill proposed by representatives Mike Thompson from California and John Lawson from Connecticut and Lauren Underwood from Illinois would send Americans an energy rebate of $100 as well as another $100 for each dependent for any month where the national average gas price exceeds $4 per gallon. So there you go. So we're just going to print more money and just give out more money. So that's really not, that's nothing to do with how we got into this mess in the first place. Not at all. Like you guys know that like, <laughs> oh, Pedro. Okay, Pedro. Hell yeah, dude. Pedro says, I'll send you coordinates once your bombs are ready. Well, see now, Pedro, we're not, we're not trying to hurt anybody. Okay. We're just going to be detonating some, some responsible, loving, loving nuclear bombs. There's going to be some loving nuclear bombs and just, we're just going to, blow them up somewhere where nobody's going to get hurt. In fact, I'm going to make 
Okay, you guys, okay, you guys got to check this out. Now I'm so pissed that I can't share my screen here. Actually, you know what? Just go to my audit. Just go to my Telegram channel. Telegram channel, you'll find it there. T.me forward slash Rebunk Pod. I posted a video uh, from the uh, the founder of Library and Odyssey. His name's Jeremy Kaufman. He's running for I think state senator. He's like running for whether it's state senator or a United States senator from the state of New Hampshire. And his campaign video, his campaign video is the most epic thing you'll ever see. It's so fantastic, so good, and it's all about. Uh, uh, the video is called War is Gay. War is Gay. You know, yeah, we can, uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. You just got to go watch it. But I feel like, I feel like as long as I'm making homemade nuclear bombs that explode rainbow colored confetti everywhere for the environment, there's nothing wrong with that at all, according to the Huffington Post. So uh, nobody's going to call. All right, fine. Hey, we got one call in. So we have a proof of concept. We have a proof of concept. I think what I need to do is just kind of advertise this show and have it be a regular thing and people kind of know about it. And uh, Colleen, you can mentally prepare to call into the show next time, okay? So, you, so you'll be ready. <laughs> but uh, uh, let's see, yeah. Give it a couple more minutes. 541-357-6424. Come on now. Let's see. I don't know if anybody's watching on any of the platforms other than Rockfin. It looks like most of my most of the Rockfin crew is hanging tough. Uh, we are streaming on Twitter and Twitch, which is a trip because I don't really know much about either one of those platforms. Um, let's see if Twitter, if anybody's, let's see what's going on with Twitter here. Um, look at that. He's live streaming. Whether or not anybody's actually <laughs> watching. No likes, no shares. I'm so heavily censored on Twitter, dude. It's so ridiculous. Like I can't even get nothing out to these people. I've, I've talked about it before, but I just, I try to put like this new show on YouTube. I try to put up an episode here that they just, they just aren't, they're just shutting me down. Dude. They got my IP address. They're, they're coming in and they're like deleting videos off my computer that I'm editing. It's just like, it's getting out of hand, man. But anyway, that means we're hitting all the, hitting all the right buttons. We're doing all the right things and maybe they'll lighten up now, now that I'm fully bought into the agenda. And now that I'm seriously going to undertake this amazing effort. To build nuclear bombs. If anybody knows where to get some uh, some uranium, um, I mean, I don't even know what else I need to make a nuclear bomb. Maybe some some I don't know. I don't know detonators and shit. Like I don't know. So if anybody has a hookup on any uh, yellow cake uranium or any plutonium, maybe or anything that I could use to make a nuclear bomb, that would be fantastic. All right, you can call in at five four one three five seven six four two four and let me know how I can save the environment and reduce all of our impending death from climate change just by doing my own little nuclear nuclear jihad against climate, <laughs> the nuclear jihad against climate change i'm gonna have to change the episode to that okay all right fine all right next time next time you guys i'm gonna i'm gonna advertise it ahead of time so you guys will know be ready and we're gonna be doing actual we're gonna be taking calls so that was fun at least we know it works and we'll just kind of go from there Okay, guys. Well, uh, thank you for joining me. And uh, yeah, I guess I will catch you next time. I got some awesome episodes coming out this week. And uh, yeah, we'll just catch up with you soon. Have a good night. Peace.